Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Simi Pro. This is part two of a two-part episode we did with Justin, our good friend over at Comic Book Cast on Instagram, where he's going to go through and fix the Star Wars prequels. If you missed part one, go back and listen to that first. This will make a lot more sense. We're just now getting into the meat of our uh, our version of the Star Wars prequels, and we're really excited that you guys have joined us. All right, let's get back into the conversation. I think that's really cool, and I, I'm glad we kind of stumbled on that that idea. For, Especially um, if you set it up. Now, if that was one of those things, because Lucas has a really bad habit of like, like doing things like that after the fact, uh, like like the whole Luke and Leia being siblings thing. There's nothing to imply in the in in the original uh, in A New Hope that that's the case, which that one turned out to work out okay. But this would have to be something that was implied from the get go. Like, like, not to the point where you'd know, because you'd still want it to be a surprise. But when you go back and rewatch these movies, like, there's got to be some hints that that's who it was. I'm wondering, because uh, we've stumbled on that thread, what kind of hints could there be that seem consistent? Or, sorry, uh, on purpose, but are subtle enough? I, I think then if, that'd, be, that'd increase the rewatchability if it was like, go back and see, like, how many times you can see he's actually revealing who he is. Well, I think like pushing political power could be one, because um, we we see that a bit in um, Phantom Menace with uh, Ian McDermott as Palpatine pushing for more political power, and it just kind of comes across in that movie if you if you're just if you don't know who it is or maybe you're watching that before you watch the original trilogy, it just kind of seems like he's trying to make things better for his people. So he's pushing for more power because he doesn't think that the the people in power are doing the right thing. Little stuff like that you could throw in. Um, like maybe he's making one of those, he's he's on a hologram message with someone else and and you see someone come into his chambers or whatever and, and you see him making a hologram message. And it's different stuff like that you throw in there. Just where like there's something, and I think you could also do it in cast too. Um, if you cast someone who, uh, like Baker, Baker would be a good choice, uh, but I was thinking more along the lines of like, like somebody who looks like a good guy, but at the same time there's something a little unsettling about him. Like uh, so like like a, like a Michael C. Hall <laughs> type, you know? Yeah. Like he could play Who both else? a hero and a villain. I'm trying to think of some other examples. Who's another Michael C. Hall? Tony Starr is one today, but he wasn't acting at the time, obviously. So um, it has to be like, like how how old were you guys thinking? Older than Anakin? Probably probably would need to be older than Anakin. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine sort of maybe forties. Because you want someone who can potentially, if they need be, have an action scene. But also, you want someone to be of age to them to sort of sell the uh, well, both the politician look and and the idea that they're the leader behind this giant. You'd need somebody Han Solo age, really. I, I would guess. So, but not not Chris Pratt. No, 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 not Chris Pratt. Although, because Chris Pratt would have been like a teenager when these movies came out. Yeah. I'm um, trying to see who who is probably about 50 now. Um, who is that? I mean, like, this is not a good casting at all. But, like, someone similar to Gerard Butler, who's not Gerard Butler. Right. Wait, what about, um, what's his face? I mean, he, he visually looks nothing like Ian McDermott, but uh, Russell Crowe. Okay. Uh, I could see... Where he, 
he's a good looking dude. Seems like it could be a good guy. Like Jorel. Like I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not about his Jorel. Like he's cool. But in other movies, he's off the rocker, crazy. I don't know. Someone like that. I could see that. I also like the idea, and I don't know if you made this point earlier when we kind of stumbled across this string that we've been following now for the rest of the podcast. Um, I like the idea because when I watched the original trilogy, um, I never saw the emperor as like being scarred or whatever. I saw him as just like a really, really old guy. And now we, so like, what if that was in this thread that we're following? What if he actually was just like a really, really, really old guy who had been putting this plan together his whole life? And he's like 700 years old, but he's just making himself look younger to gain the alliance of the Republic. So effectively, he is Darth Plagueis or Plagueis. That'd be kind of an interesting, like that story he tells Anakin is not about someone else. Right, that's one of my theories for Rise of Skywalker. Is, is Isn't that, that theory like a in general? Yes, that that is a theory that that Plagueis was um, the emperor all along, um, and I think I, something tells me that's where they're going with Rise of Skywalker. And if you've seen it when you're listening to this, if I'm right, then you're welcome, and if I'm wrong, then sorry. Um, but so that that could be a neat little take on it. Is that he's not just disguising himself like with a completely new face like he's actually making himself look not 700 years old and no so i definitely really good i definitely think that'd be very cool you know actually who would have made a kind of neat cast for that if we're going with this whole recast idea hayden christensen Shoot. yeah no that's not a bad that's not a bad point because he's got he's got when he's doing his villain stuff in revenge of the sith that's his best acting work but he also kind of plays the naive he could play that han solo type really well yeah i could see him as as a young i mean then like if right. if, if, if the movie was about young han solo I, I could have seen him as that more than i saw him as as uh anakin <laughs> so what we've what we've done is well, like, he, he's like really aged Right. So, so kind of we've shifted focus, I guess, from the, the whole prequel trilogy focus from you could really because this is another thing that the prequels kind of lack is a main character. You could argue that Anakin is the main character of the prequels, but really he's not like he is to an extent, but he, he's never really put in the forefront and made the main focus like each movie kind of has its own main character. So this Palpatine character... Yeah, I think that's a byproduct of the time. Right. Well, this Palpatine character could have been this trilogy's main character, too. Um, Even then, you, you know what's interesting? This also, if we take this... In my mind, I'm kind of imagining that this Palpatine character is... Like you said, he kind of replaces Jar Jar in the first one, where he's almost a friend to the Jedi. So this actually solves one of my biggest, biggest problems with Revenge of the Sith, where it's just like Anakin goes from like... Jedi to like yeah no I, I guess I could change sides yeah that makes right. sense whereas if if this is someone he's been friends with and we've seen him be friends with since the first film that sudden switch flipping in his brain makes a lot more sense um, it's a lot more digestible right this this is actually I'm really glad we stumbled across this little this little nugget because this is interesting this is 
I would watch this in a heartbeat over what we got. Uh, your your three main characters are Obi Wan, and he's uh, you and McGregor still, um, but he's kind of in charge. And then his two, the two Jedi who kind of like work with and for him. Well, not Jedi, but you know you got Anakin who works with him, and then you've got uh, this Palpatine character who's completely different than what we got in the prequels. And so you've got this Palpatine and that and Padme, and that makes up your your dynamic because you you do want to replicate the dynamic from the original trilogy at, at least uh, in kind of an homage scenario. Since it's the same universe, you want to tell not the same story but a, a story that feels similar. Um, and that could have been your your setup there. I mean, that, those are your four characters that you follow, and it follows that same kind of path as the uh the original trilogy did yeah no i think i think that's like probably one of the better rewrites or retweaks that i've kind of seen in a long time or heard in a long time is that so so in this version we'd start i guess it makes the most sense to start with anakin becoming a jedi well see like i said you could you could start i would say more like you could start with Anakin like graduating up to being a Padawan as opposed to being like, like I would start with Anakin in like his late teens, early twenties where he starts to train with Obi-Wan. I don't think we need to see him become a Jedi. Cause I now, now if you want to do the whole like super special Anakin thing, then it does no, make yeah, sense. Not about that. But I'm yeah. I'm I'm not either. I think Anakin's just like a normal Jedi. Like I don't think there's anything special about like you could make him super powerful without making him like Jesus. Um, I think what, what Rebels has done. I, no, no midichlorians for <laughs> for me. Right. <laughs> I think what Rebel what Rebels has done is really interesting. I don't know if you guys have seen, but there was like one scene that I I watched a clip of where Ahsoka Tano is talking to the main character Ezra about what made Anakin special. And she doesn't mention him being like super in tune with the force at all. Not once has it come up. He's just like super skilled and super disciplined. And I think that's what they could have done instead of being like, yeah, he's got uh, 10 more midichlorians than everyone else. Right. They could have just had him be. His midichlorian levels are off the charts. Even Master Yoda doesn't have this many. Yeah, exactly. We don't need that. We could just see that this kid is dedicated, um, beyond anyone else. And I think that also makes his relationship with Padme a lot more interesting in the long run, where she's the only one who's ever broken his like pure, strict dedication to being a Jedi. And so that makes her a far more interesting character as well. Right. And you can do that without having to introduce him as a little kid. Like you don't have to show how he got into the Jedi order. Like he just is there. Um, Like he could start with, him becoming Obi-Wan's Padawan, I think. I think you could arguably start it there, um, and then you're fine. Well, if you ditch the whole, like, midichlorians, he's special, you literally do not need the first film to justify why he's with them. Like, you can can drop the prophecy thing completely from the movie. You don't need there to be a prophecy that says that uh, somebody's going to bring balance. Like, you don't need that whatsoever. Uh, it doesn't fit into Star Wars, I don't think. Um, I think 
referring to Star Wars as the original trilogy. Now, when you when you add in the prequels, because there's just as many of those, then yes, the prophecy does, because it was in half the movies. But I think if you're rewriting this, you can drop the whole prophecy thing, drop the midichlorians, drop the Jesus thing, and just make him like a normal Jedi with all the rest. Now, he's really powerful, and he, his dedication and all of those things... You, you factor in all that kind of stuff, but then you just show him, like, and his training, and then while him and Obi-Wan are on a mission, they stumble across uh, uh, Palpatine, and then stumble across Padme, and then bam, that's your, that's your group, and you follow them for the next two movies as they uh, fight the, the bad guys in this war. Yeah, you know, it'd be kind of cool. If they saved, like, Palpatine, like, they just saved... It, it, the intro of his character is they save him. Like, you almost look at him like he's, like, a one-off. Like, oh, this guy, they're going to save this guy and move on. Um, and then it's revealed, like, yeah, he put himself in that position. Two movies oh, ago. Oh, so, um, episode so three. three. Right. I mean, it's, it's the Jar Jar theory that we're writing yeah. Palpatine in. Yeah, I think that makes actually a lot more sense. Like, even if that, like, if the Darth Jar Jar theory was effectively just like you said palpatine um it makes the movies a lot more palatable and also i think if we compress the timeline of the films and don't skip years on years on years it makes the story they're trying to tell can he is, um, can he still be a gungan <laughs> yes sure. he disguises himself sure. as a gungan well then then we're effectively just saying the, uh, Dark, 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 Dark is exactly what we want well, what we're saying is we the want first, a new... The third episode when you... He's just, Misa, the Senate. We want, we want seen... the, a new special edition where Palpatine is replaced with Jar Jar. That's what we're saying. So what we're saying is hashtag release the Lucas pet? Yes. Got it. Okay. Han Solo gets a CGI mustache because kids love mustaches. And it, it's on through the whole trilogy. You mean, you mean y Ewan's beard is... CGI removed in episode two and three. Yes, effectively. No, no, his, his bit gets removed in episode one and then episode two and three never get released. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> that was good. That was clever. Okay, so take and run down. You had one more point, though, didn't you? We just skipped it over entirely. It was just story and timeline, but we've kind of like with this concept touched on that a lot, um, which was my, my biggest gripe was and the third point was like just like the arbitrary skipping of time, but by removing the prophecy aspect um, and and making Palpatine a character that we're also supposed to watch for three films, we've kind of effectively compressed the timeline. Um, but one thing that we didn't discuss, and maybe we should, based on on what we've kind of proposed for a, a trilogy, is what does Yoda then become? How do we? introduce and execute yoda in a way that's respectful to what star wars was before the prequels because i know a lot of people in particular have issue with that scene where he uses his lightsaber that, um, i'm so one I'm of those people uh oh, there you go perfect well i, I if you, just off the top of my head i probably would have said that you make him the jedi equivalent to palpatine you know someone who is he's more from behind the scenes he's not a guy that warrior he Okay, from a bit of perspective, he is the general to where the Jedi are the soldiers. See, I would make him more of like a... Because we know that um, the Force is a religion kind of thing. It, it, it's, um, it's a little less of like 
a, a power than it is like like because we actually in the original trilogy we see yoda use the force once and it's to lift luke's ship and we know that he's very powerful and but, we, but the thing we know most about him is how smart he is we know how wise he is so i see him more you use him in those movies more as like a counselor almost like like if you compared it to like the catholic church for instance which i know is a weird comparison but if you do he'd almost be like 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 chief priest like he's the guy you go to uh for counsel and he's the guy you get like when you're making a decision about something that requires like a lot of thought and a lot of wisdom and like knowledge of the force and all that kind of stuff that's who you go to is yoda i've never seen him as like you know a, what's cool what is that i was gonna say if we do that like if we take that approach and then we also introduce palpatine as a character who is side by side with uh Obi-Wan and Anakin throughout all three movies it makes the reveal at the end from Yoda it means that Palpatine is so powerful that he's been in his proximity numerous times using the force to dis- uh, disguise himself um, and Yoda never picked up on it you know I, I agree I think that would so be it a... cements the Emperor's power right no that that would be powerful that would be neat you, you you make Yoda this this really wise, smart like he's the guy who all the Jedi go to when they have to make big decisions, and uh, the um, the Galactic Senate and stuff they go to Yoda because they have this union with the Jedi, and so before like big decisions are made, like you get Yoda's perspective on it because that's how wise and smart he is. Um, I also think, and this is another thing that that's always bugged me. And I don't know why more people don't talk about this. Our idea for it also ignored this fact. Um, but Yoda's the guy, in the original trilogy at least, who trained Obi-Wan. Like, we know that. Because Obi-Wan told Luke that his master was Yoda. So, and then in the prequel trilogy, it's Qui-Gon. Like, like, like that's always bugged me. And it just slipped my mind when we were having that discussion. I know Yoda trained the younglings. In our timeline, there would be no time for Qui-Gon, so we keep that. We keep it consistent. Right, but if he's just this wise overseer, then he's not really training. He's not really training. Well, maybe it's like a a promotion or a retirement kind of thing, like where he was training, but now he sees Obi-Wan as the one who's fit to oversee, you know? Like maybe there's a finite amount of seats on the Jedi council like we keep that concept and um the first movie opens with him choosing to uh ascend to whatever is the step above that so that obi-wan can take his seat okay i I dig it i buy it now are we keeping puppet yoda from uh phantom menace or are we using cgi yoda from the rest of the trilogy. I, I'm in a minority here, but I'm, I'm a CGI Yoda. Oh, I am too. Yeah, no, puppet Yoda in Phantom Menace is the ugliest thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> it's the worst puppet. One, so another character that we should... We yeah, should then, you, Yaddle, <laughs> you do have Yaddle. I forgot all about Yaddle. Uh. <laughs> Yaddle was worse than Yoda in every way, shape, or form. <laughs> what were you saying, Justin? We started talking about Yaddle one character that we haven't discussed and i also know based on kind of doing a little research for this podcast um people didn't love his use r2 you wouldn't think his character but like so in the original uh trilogy he was he they kind of made him this like oddly comedic 
comedic relief who doesn't actually say words um, in the prequels. And I know a lot of people took issue with that as well. I'm going to fix that for you. He's basically Teller from Penn and Teller. Right. I'm going to fix this issue really simply, at least from my perspective of how I would do it. You don't have R2-D2 and C-3PO in the prequels at all. There's That's no so reason for them to be I there. Was say that too. There's no reason for them to be there. And Obi-Wan even says in the original trilogy that he doesn't remember ever having a droid. And R2D2 was literally there for all of his adventures while he was a Jedi. Like he was there for everything. There's no way yeah. that this guy wouldn't remember. R2D2 was there when he sliced his best friend's legs off and left him to die. And he's like, oh, I don't know you. Right. Yeah. Also, I don't get the point of what they did with C3PO being built by Anakin because no, it's not like. There's ever a big Vader versus 3PO scene where it's like, oh my god, the emotional resonance. Well, Justin, it's like poetry. It rhymes. What? What about that? This is something that no one ever mentions. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Uh, Okay. I uh, something that I never see mentioned because I think like even even canons dropped it, but they mentioned somewhere in the prequels that. There's only two Sith at any time. I always think about how stupid that is. Yeah, no, that that was another thing that's dumb. Like, like, because, what's the point in that? Okay, you can have that, but then you also have to have a limit on because there's a whole like city basically full of Jedi, and they're just like, oh, you can only have two Sith. Any reason behind that? Well, how they retrofitted because... that in canon was they they brought in the idea of the Inquisitors, and the Inquisitors are just Sith. They're just slightly less powerful, so you can have as many as many Inquisitors as you want, but only two Sith. And so that's how they fixed that in like modern canon, is by just introducing the idea of slightly less powerful Sith who have red lightsabers and black costumes and use the Force, but they're not Sith. They use the dark side, but they're not Sith. Like that. That's how they fix that. And so it, it is a really stupid idea. Um, but they, they've since fixed that thing. And I don't think you need more than two in the prequel trilogy. I think what they were basing that off of is in the original trilogy, you have Darth Vader and you've got the emperor and they're both Sith. So there were only two then. So there must have, there, there, there's gotta be a rule. So there's only two. And I think that's where that came from. Um, but I don't, I don't, I have no idea. Definitely. Uh, I see. Yeah, I would cut that. Had cut that in our version too. Just like make it. I do like the idea of a cap being on it, but I think the cap should be imposed by who can and can't tap into the force and what side they decide to, you know, fall to. Right. I, yeah, but I don't think that's something that really needs to be mentioned either. Like you can yeah, have just two Sith in in your whole trilogy. Like it can be, like like, like who. Uh, I mean, we're going with the idea that there's no Sith, but like, kinda. I mean, Palpatine would be a Sith and Vader would be a Sith at the end, but then over the course of the trilogy, our main villain is not a Force user. Um, so then you, like, like it doesn't need to be mentioned at all. Like, you can just go without, you could have gone without mentioning that in the, the trilogy that we have and it would have been much better because then you don't draw attention to the fact that you have a rule for it. Um, That's fair. You just you just All leave right. it out and don't talk about it. Now that we're kind of fixing even smaller aspects of the prequels, one thing that's always bugged me, 
and I really think that we can put our three creative minds together and come up with a story-based solution for. This is also is called end? nitpicking, by the way. <laughs> yeah, also nitpicking. But, but uh, one thing that's always bugged me is at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, they leave um, little baby Luke Skywalker with the Skywalkers. And that is apparently the last place that uh, Anakin decides to check. Do we take issue with that? And is there a way to get him to uh, Uncle Owen's... I I've seen a rewrite where Uncle Owen is actually more of like a loving, endearing um, Yeah, I've seen that nickname. one. I kind of like that approach, but is there another way we can think to get him to Uncle Owen's house or living with Uncle Owen without just being like, yeah, we'll give him to his family and Darth Vader will never, ever check that. Well, okay, so since we didn't see... Um, cause we don't know where Anakin came from in our story, right? Like we don't know that he's from Tatooine. So we get to do that same scene. Um, and you can do the exact same thing and maybe they go to Yoda for counsel as they're doing it. And they just say, they ask Yoda, where do we take these kids? Cause we've established that Yoda is this wise old overseer. And he goes, okay, there's these guys, uh, Owen and Baru take Luke there um, and just tell them that they're to raise this kid as if uh, they were his uncle and aunt. Like, you don't, they don't have to actually be his family. Yeah, you know? I like that. I like, like that a lot more. Like, they could just be, like, people who agree to it. Or maybe they're allies of, maybe they're generals or something that we get to follow throughout the three movies who like are there um, like, like they're fighting in the war and all that kind of stuff, but they're not actually like, we never hear the words like uncle, o, like any of that kind of stuff. Like we don't, there's not a relationship there. They're just kind of there. Um, and kind of like a, like a Lando type character. Um, yeah. And so maybe he has like one big moment where he does something good for everyone. And then, Right, and you kind do that kind of early on, and you introduce him, and he's there, and all that kind of stuff, and then uh, you have Obi-Wan talking to him after consulting with Yoda, and say, Master Yoda said that this is the best plan, we need you to take this kid, he's the, he's the only hope for the Republic to ever come back, um, you, you just tell him as he's growing up that you're his uncle, bam, there, you're done, and now you've got a really easy explanation for that that doesn't lend itself to Darth Vader <laughs> knowing where Luke is the whole time. And then Leia, you do the yeah. same thing with, with putting her in, in the political power. Well, the question is, in this in our version, is there a scene where Anakin uh, voices how much he hates sand? That's a good question. That is a very good question. I think it'd be more on because the nose. I think it's he hated he hated lava. <laughs> <laughs> I hate lava. It's so hot. <laughs> it's hot and wet, and it burns. Uh, I, I it. say yes. I believe it. Like <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually while he's being burnt alive that he makes that point. <laughs> It's not beforehand, like in a romantic scene. I hate you. I hate lava. It's so hot. It burns. <laughs> and it's everywhere. Uh. It gets everywhere. Any the other, inside of my bones. Any other smaller issues 
I know we've tackled several. Clone army. That's one. Do they... Are they actually clones? I saw another rewrite where they weren't. They were just an alien species. Because we hear about the Clone Wars in the original trilogy. And I heard a, uh, another rewrite where they were an alien species that just happened to all look the same. So, like, the Republic being as racist as they are just started calling them clones. And so they were I actually kinda, the bad guys. So this is like a off-the-cuff thing, and I don't know if it has any basis in Star Wars lore. Um, but it'd be kind of cool if they actually didn't look alike. And the reason they were called clones is like some sort of hive mind or, or the mentality is that they all think the same to the point where they actually just should be clones. And that's why they wear the same armor because then they are visually clones of each other. But the concept, the underlying concept is actually they're not, they're not clones of anyone. They are just clone in, in name only, I guess, clone in name only. I also um, think it would be neat if the clones were the bad guys. I mean, yeah, if you keep it, um, if you keep them, what do you mean by that? Well, don't don't make the clones the good guys. The the Jedi and the Republic are fighting against a clone army, and we know that from the beginning. We're just kind of thrust into this war between the clones and the Republic, but we don't know where the clones like came from or who they're fighting for. We just know who's fighting them, and then it turns out the whole time that that was part of. Palpatine's like master plan to get his political power to take over for the Empire was that he was in charge of all these clones and I think that could be neat uh, if you make the clones the because they're like we, who who are the clones fighting and I mean they're they're the good guys but who is this war waged against like that is a fair point. like a the fair trade point. federation like that's like the Republic of Planets is fighting against the Trade Federate. Like that doesn't make much sense. That, and I've never thought about that until just now. But literally, who is this war against in the in the prequel trilogy? Like we don't really know. Uh, so I think you make the clones the bad guys, and then you have a very clear villain that the good guys are fighting against because we know it's the Empire versus the um, the rebels in the original trilogy. Like that's that's your fight. And then it's the same thing in the sequel trilogy. But in, in the prequel trilogy, it's very muddled. Like, we don't know who the clones and the Jedi are fighting against. We just know they're all droids. And so I think you could do that same thing by making the clones the villains. And we don't know where they came from or who they're fighting against, but that's on purpose. Because it was all just a misdirect for Palpatine to gain power. That's fair. And do we end our version of... I'm curious, do we end our version of the... The trilogy the same way because I'm, I'm thinking so i love i actually enjoy the choreography of that like lava battle at the end of the third film oh i do too but i I'm think it's too long but i like it there's i'm wondering if there's a way to do it a shorter but b that we the fallout is far it should be far more emotional than a 15 minute battle like and do we need to end with because I, I, when I was doing a little research on this, I heard, similar to a lot of the things it seems that George Lucas did where he retroactively would change stuff, the um, physical damage to uh, Anakin was upped a good amount um, in the third film here. Um, so I'm wondering if there's a way to have the same emotional resonance with a shorter battle, and do we bring Palpatine into that battle? Like, do we have it mirror 
the end of episode uh, six, but Darth Vader does not help the protagonist in this case, uh, Obi Wan. I think you could even. Well, I was thinking, what if you um, what if you tried? Okay, again, to bring it back into perspective, what if you looked at the first part of episode three again, where Palpatine is, uh, you know, he's restricted because he's quote unquote a prisoner, and you have uh, Dooku versus. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Well, what if you switch that round to having to be Anakin trying to fight Obi-Wan who's trying to get the Palpatine? That, that's not bad. My biggest question based on this whole discussion is how do we fit uh, Grant Gustin into these movies? <laughs> well, he plays Anakin, duh. Oh, yeah, that's another good point. And I think he actually <laughs> should play... He could play Anakin and Obi-Wan, you know? No, no, Stephen oh, Amell plays, I, I plays Obi-Wan. Come on, Dustin, for uh, Anakin, and then you get Stephen Amell for Obi-Wan. Yeah, that's, Ooh, that's a good call. That's a good call, because we want, like, really, really uh, bad actors to play Obi-Wan, so we should... That's a great... I like that. All right, I think we've done no as better. much damage. Uh, we should probably clarify this. We're, Justin really does not like the Arrow show or the Flash show or any of the... No, no, no. That's, hey, calm down. I like, I, like, I like the Flash sometimes. I definitely don't like Arrow. Um, that's garbage. Right, because that's what we're talking about here. That's what we'll have yeah, you do. Yeah, we are. We'll have you, the next time you come on to do this, next time Justin fixes, it'll be Justin fixes Arrow. Because that's something I'd Ooh, actually be really interested to hear. That'll be, that'll be great, because... Um, the next time we do this, it'll be Justin fixes the crisis. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we have to have him do Arrow first, just because... I. I don't know. Well, we're going to do a crisis discussion at some point for those of you who are listening and wondering why haven't they talked about crisis? Well, we're going to wait until it's all over to talk about it. Uh, and then we'll talk about crisis and we may have him come on to do that. But I, I do think him fixing arrow will be interesting just because of his distaste for it from the beginning. Most people like seasons one and two. Um, and he does not. And so I think it'll be interesting to see his perspective because he's also been trying to figure out in his head how to fix arrow since it premiered. So he's had like six years to figure this out. So that'll let's be also, an interesting Let's discussion. also not forget the fact that um, Green Arrow is one of my favorite characters. I don't just arbitrarily hate Arrow. <laughs> yeah, no, you arbitrarily hate so, everything. So that's why it's good to have you do so a series like this. About, um, you've been thinking about how to fix Arrow for about six years, meaning it's half as good as Boyhood. <laughs> nice. <Yes>. Nice one. <laughs> right. Our next podcast will be half as good as Boyhood. Or next time Justin's on, that will not be the next <laughs> podcast. There's a there's a lot of cool things that we can fix, and I think this was a great great discussion uh, about. I think I mean like not gonna lie, I'm kind of disappointed that this wasn't the prequels because in my mind I'm like imagining this being what I want to watch. Yeah, no, I that week. that little thread that we stumbled across with Palpatine being this this like new character that's in, like following him as the main character along with Anakin, Obi-Wan and Padme. It, that would be a really neat dynamic and I really wish we could have seen that. Maybe they'll remake the prequels. They won't. People like yeah. them now. So they'll remake what it'll go. They'll remake 1, 2, 3 and then 8. <laughs> <laughs> no, what they'll do is they'll remake the prequels and then they'll remake the last Jedi because some guy on Instagram raised started a Kickstarter to raise money or what, what no it wasn't it wasn't a Kickstarter it was a oh 
It was a GoFundMe. Yeah, it was a GoFundMe. No, it wasn't a GoFundMe. It was a petition petition site. Yeah, Uh, he started a petition to remake the Last Jedi. Well, as long as as long as uh, in the remake, Luke wears the the black suit. um, (laughs) Where's the? I'm fine with it as long as he wears the black suit and uh, like when Ryan Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, when he releases his photo it's like a really like photoshopped image of luke in the black suit i'm all for I, it. Want, I want the director's cut of the last jedi release the Same. johnson cut release the johnson cut oh my goodness all right well that's been all the time we've got for semi pro here today this has been know, a go ahead josh if you guys have any films or series or franchises or shows that you want to hear justin's worth as <laughs> justin's <laughs> very worthwhile opinion on uh, or you want him to try and fix hit us up we have uh, twitter we both have instagram we all have instagrams uh we have an email we do semipropodcast at gmail.com is our email another cool thing we're introducing uh and we, we if we get enough of this we will dedicate a portion of the show every week to this um you can actually call us and leave a message and we will respond to your questions that way. That phone number is 203, that's the area code on that number, uh, 538-7364, and that is 203-LET-SIMI. That's the number you can call. You can leave us a message, and we can kind of respond to, to questions and stuff that way. Or if you want to give Justin a movie suggestion for the next time we do this, you can leave one there as well that's been all the time we've got on this two-part episode of semi pro we will see you next time